You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. And welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. So I call out to your ancestors and to mine. And I call out to those people who lived well and died well, those who bring that great, rich legacy of human learning into our lives. And for us, the living, I ask these ancestors to lean in and to help us to reach out and do what is called to do in our time so that we make this world a better place for those who are coming than the one that we find ourselves in at this time. May the legacy that we give them be one they are proud to inherit. And so I call out to those ancestral helping spirits that are non-human, those who have been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after. I call out to all of the other energies that are part of the great web of life here on this earth, and I ask them to help us to understand the true nature of being human and that we bring that into that great web of life as a blessing, as prayer, as song, and as a gift, not as a curse on that beautiful web of diversity and beauty. And so we call out to these ancestral helping spirits in their many forms, human and otherwise. We call out to them to be with us here today and to help us to do what must be done for those who are coming. And let us reach up to gather our own energy and draw it down into our head, from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and take a moment from our belly, a nice inhale and exhale and take that moment and stop doing all the other things that you're doing and focus for just this moment on the earth to give gratitude for this day, to give gratitude for your life, to give gratitude to the wonder the diversity and the beauty in this dream that manifests this incredible web of life all around us. We give gratitude for that possibility in that dreaming for us to change anything as long as we are breathing. So as we give this gratitude to the earth and give thanks for our life in this day, let us send our energy down through all the layers of the earth towards the very, very center of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there, giving gratitude all the way, and giving thanks now for that which draws its power out of darkness. As the northern hemisphere of the planet moves into this time, let us give great gratitude to that which draws its power from silence and stillness, from rest and solitude. And for those of you in the southern hemisphere, of this planet as you move into the bright time of summer. Remember the need to return each day deeply into the darkness and the solitude 
and the silence and the stillness. So as we learn as a family of human beings on earth to value this energy, to understand the deep, deep longing in our own core for this rich nourishment and revitalization, no matter where we are in the wheel of the year. Let us give thanks to the energy of the earth and draw it up into our life, drawing up restoration, rejuvenation, and replenishment, drawing up all the wisdom of how to be here in form, the wisdom of manifestation. Let us draw up the nourishment of the earth, let it flow into our belly, and take a moment to connect to ourselves, to our body, to our life. Connect to who we are, to where we stand, to why, why we choose to get up in the morning. What are we living for? What has heart and meaning in our life? And from that place, let us reach out and evolve and develop our sense of home, our sense of hearth, our sense of belonging. And as we connect into these energies, we ask the interconnectedness of the earth to demonstrate for us in its many ways to help us to learn how to be connected within ourselves, how to be connected in right relationship with each other, how to be in better relationship with our environment and come into right relationship there, and ultimately to work in right relationship with the invisible world. And as we give gratitude to the earth for teaching us about connection and interconnection, belonging, how we work together towards something that's larger than any one of us as an individual. We give enormous gratitude for the earth for our place in that great web of life. And may we draw our sense of right relationship from that knowing that we are part of the oneness. And so with this as our foundation, let us reach up to our heart, to our head, all the way up to the highest power of the universe to connect to those radiant energies. It's so easy for so many in these days, but our task is not just to lift up and connect but to embrace these energies, to engage them and to bring them down into our body and into our life, into these proceedings here today. We call down the energy of blessing. We call down the energy of protection. We call in the benevolence of our universe. We call out for inspiration and illumination and guidance in our innovation. And we call out from if we are in a lost place, we call out for that energy of the lighthouse that we might find our way in whatever storm that has taken on our life. And for those of you that not in stormy waters, consider that you could live this day in a way that you become that lighthouse for others. And so as we draw in this radiant energy from above and bring it down into our head, bringing that blessing and protection into our heart and into our belly and sending it down to the center of the earth, let the energy of earth and sky connect within us, awakening that center channel of energy, letting their big love awaken the spirit of our heart. And in our own heart, as that spirit awakens, let us bring up that fiery crucible of transformation that is so unique to the human heart. Let us draw up that energy that is deep within us, the deep desire, the deep longing, the deep passion for why we are here, though it remains often a mystery. So we draw that up into the heart and we draw down the crystal clarity and ability to see in many ways, to understand and know in many ways. We draw this down from our head into our heart. We let these two very different energies dance in a great passionate tango within our heart. So that dynamic tension gives birth to this third and most sacred thing, some sense 
some understanding, some memory, perhaps, of why you are here. And may you risk in this day reaching into your heart to draw out the courage. May you risk doing something, large or small, to manifest your own unique gifts in the world. For all the spirit work that we help that we have to do that work, I am enormously grateful. May what needs to be said be said here today. May what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And may the spirit of technology keep us in good standing. So I'd like to give thanks to Donna and Xander, Rose, to Signe, Julie, Susan, Malama, Nakaya, and Jean. These are all listeners who have donated financially to the show. For those of you who do not know why Shamanism Now is listener-supported as we move into our 10th or 11th year, I'm actually losing count, know that we exist here online and the archives exist available free to anyone who can get online uh, because of listeners like you. And so for those of you who have donated and are donating, could donate, I am deeply grateful. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com, scroll down to the support button. I mean, click the support button and scroll down. You can donate any amount, large or small, in any currency. We are happy to receive whatever it is that you have to offer. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and the archives available. For those of you that are contributing to the show in other ways that are not purely financial, I am also deeply and equally grateful to you. For those of you that embody the teachings, for those of you that do it so deeply, you come up with great questions and the way those questions inspire and spark the ideas for new shows, I am also deeply grateful. So as we come to the end of another cycle here with Why Shamanism Now, I want to just take a moment and say very clearly, I am always overwhelmed by all that you do with these podcasts. And I am deeply grateful for everything that you do that keeps these podcasts available for others who might not be able at this time to offer that kind of support. So thank you, everyone. And thanks to Go Creator Network and Ken, our producer and those who literally and technically keep Why Shamanism now alive and clear and available to all. So we are once again at that time where the Northern Hemisphere is diving into the winter and the Southern Hemisphere diving into summer, and we are all looking at that possibility of solstice. And I have been guided by spirit to share with you that this particular solstice fire ritual that we are offering is one for transforming your contribution to discord and divisiveness in our world today. Apparently, from the help of spirit, it doesn't really matter whether you're doing a summer solstice ritual or winter, that the need that our world is uh, presenting to us as the humans living on this world is the same. We are a healing space for ancestors and descendants to dance with the living, creating real medicine for the isolation, alienation, and lostness of our time. This is a piece, the one, one phrase, from the vision that guides the growth and development of Last Mass community. And I was struck by this this weekend as, it, as that vision was shared again in our most recent uh, part of the retreats of the teachings of the cycle of transformation. And I, I was really struck by this line as I listened to it being read uh, by another. And... 
I was thinking about how that all that we do here on Why Shamanism Now, other than the lovely guests that come to share their own work um, and and the beautiful offering that that is. So other than that, everything else here on Why Shamanism Now comes out of the Cycle of Transformation teachings which is a four-year set of teachings offered to me by Helping Spirits. So it is an authentic but non-traditional engagement with a shamanic cosmology and a shamanic way of life. All right. And um, so everything here on why shamanism now comes from the cycle of transformation teachings and engaging in these teachings fully and formally in this four-year program in my mind is I always see as a banquet that is a great feast of becoming you know of rising out of what is truly toxic in this old story we were all born into and yet honoring the strength and wisdom and cunning that comes from being born of it. So what is shared here on why shamanism now are really actually the crumbs that fall from that great banquet table. And yet even these crumbs hold this full flavor and bits of nourishment. And I have enormous respect for those of you who are able to take these ideas and practices and have really embodied them and allowed them to change you. So whether you're a long-time listener or a new listener, the pieces are here. These, these pieces in the archives, though they are but small pieces of this larger banquet, they are real pieces and they exist here in the archives to be picked up and to, for you to use to transform yourself and to become a true agent of change in your life, in your own sphere of, of influence. And so because that change and transformation is needed at so many levels in our culture today, this, the, the cycle of transformation is really about how, how do you become an agent of change wherever your sphere of influence is. It isn't about being the best school to learn to be a shaman at all. It's about school you know, for learning to be an awesome, magnificent human. And to be the force for change that you are in your life so that you can truly make the way to bring your soul's purpose and your own unique genius in to manifestation and give that to the world. So whether you're really a longtime listener or a new listener, the pieces are there in the archives to pick up and transform yourself, to use them, to transform yourself into an agent of change because change is needed on so many levels in our culture. These tools are here for you to engage with uh, wherever you are in your life, whether you're fully embracing shamanism as your spiritual practice and path, or whether you're just using journeying as a tool to better connect with spirit. It could be that you, you really are at that place where you need to truly ground and to clean up your relationships and the mess, frankly, that most contemporary people make of their lives. It could be that you're in a place that you're ready to truly dispel the illusions and fantasies of spiritual life um, as described in the New Age and that especially um, 
those that never really challenge those ways of being spiritual, right, that never really challenge our unconscious embodiment of privilege and entitlement. It could be that you are ready, that you are already trained in other systems of shamanism and that you are ready for the skills to begin to take this spirit-informed action from the perspective of an, of an emotional grown-up, and a spiritual adult. It's all here in the archives. And so now that the the actual skills that are talked about in the archives, some of them are actually being offered in online courses. Um, if you want to find out more about that, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org. So these online cast classes are already happening, and they're engaging um, a community of people that really want to learn to live and embody these tools and be better agents of change in the world. So this is the potential and the power in the archives and in taking these classes for those who choose to. And so for those of you that are just joining us, it took a few years, but after the first few years of Why Shamanism Now, I started offering a divined uh, by through spirit, a precise solstice ritual each winter um, to the Why Shamanism Now podcast audience. And I actually in my life do three different solstice rituals for the three different groups of people that are listening. <laughs> Those that are here local in an open journey circle in Portland and then the cycle community itself. And they're all slightly different. They focus on the energy that is available to us through the solstice, each solstice. But they're different based on the different groups, whether or not I'm going to be there to guide the ritual, etc. Skill level, all of that. So this year, this ritual process for the solstice, as I said, is really the same whether you're looking at a winter solstice or a summer solstice. And that this year, the spirits were more conscious of offering two paths simultaneously. One path for people new to shamanism, maybe new to ritual, definitely if you're new to why shamanism now and taking sort of guidance for ritual off a podcast, which is a little art in and of itself. The other path is for those of you who've been at it with me for a while, who've been at it in your life for a while. You're more comfortable receiving guidance around a ritual, more comfortable acting on it and, and, and um, guiding that ritual yourself. And so for those of you that have been listening to Why Shamanism Now, particularly those of you who did the solstice ritual last year, which was a very um, intricate and complex process, um, this solstice ritual definitely follows last year's for those of you who can make that connection. The point is it doesn't really matter where you are engaging this ritual from. It It is designed by spirit to be valuable and useful no matter how you come at it. So either way, wherever you're coming at it from, the most important first step is to ask, what do you want? So last year, we reconnected to, uh, we created a vision and a life arrow, and you're being asked to reconnect with that now. So in other words, the point spirit is making is, what's the point of doing a ritual? What is your point? in doing this ritual, what do you want? What are you wanting to create in the world? And so for those of you who did this last year, reflect on your vision and life arrow. What did you manifest? If so, celebrate that. What didn't 
manifest, you know, and this is really important. It's in some ways the juicy bit, which is why not, right? That is really the most interesting and important. Why not? Because that is what you bring into your ritual process this year. Um, what is actually still in process? It is manifesting. It's just using and or needing more time. If so, what support is needed for that? Or what could you do to better clear the way for that manifestation? Another thing to look at is what has manifested in your life that now it's there, you really don't want it, right? If so, give it an honorable death and learn what happened. Why did it manifest in a way that was not what you wanted or expected? What is there to learn before you go manifesting again? What do you need to adjust within yourself? Spirit's also asking you all to ask, um, as this has changed you, this work of last year, um, what more or less uh, does the person you are now want? Do you want more of the vision before, less of the vision before, or something new, something different? What can you see more clearly now because the year has changed you? And what do you want to manifest now? Okay, so this brings me to the same question for the new people. What do you want to manifest? What world do you want to create? Either way, you need to craft for yourself a sense, an answer to the question, why should you bother? And why should the spirits bother to work with you? Don't just do the ritual because it's cool. You do rituals you find in books that way. I mean, you're doing a divine ritual. You need to have a reason. It can be your own reason. It doesn't have to be the same as everybody else at the ritual with you. But you need to know why you are bothering to show up at the fire and ask that profound spirit for help. And this gives your ritual context and helps you to focus on what it is that you're creating. Okay, so winter or summer, the essence of this solstice ritual is in the old story language. It would be that this is a time to choose sides. That's the old story language. That's the white lighter language, right? But that's all old story. It's the story of judgment, of divisiveness, of blame, shame, and the abuse um, in our power language. So what is this purpose then if we are coming from a place of the right use of power and responsibility in our language? What is, what does it mean in the old days it would be to choose sides, but what does it mean to do that in the context of true love that is not judgmental or controlling? What does it mean uh, to do that without allowing the shadowy collusion of the old story to to define the possibilities of reality for you. So again, from this vision of Last Mass Community, we understand that there is a great dream dreaming us and that we too are dreamers. We learn here to step into our responsibility to live in right relationship with all things and to engage intimately and honestly with others and ourselves. We forge strength and cohesion in light and darkness and allow our purposes 
individual and collective, to be born. So my sense of this ritual is, is a, it is about choosing what story do you choose to live in and how do you get there? Okay, so let's begin. <laughs> We're halfway through the show, we haven't begun yet. <laughs> so let's begin with the message from Healer and Death. So for those of you that are new to the show, Please don't email me to ask why we're talking to these four teachers. They are the teachers that are at the core of the transformational teachings in the cycle teachings. That's why every year we go to the same four archetypal teachers. Okay, so the first of the four is healer and death. They together are the wisdom of the healer. And the healer says this, the essence of this ritual is to step through a threshold into using all you have learned to create the world you want to live in really actively this is no longer about you and your healing this is about you and how you and your healing are changed by working towards something larger than yourself this is about those of us in the world who have gone through this great arc of the old story of understanding what does it mean to be an individual to now understand what it is that we lost in doing that. There's much that we gained, but what did we lose? And how do we again cultivate and honor and value our communal self? In other words, how do we once again understand the profound value committing ourselves to something larger than our own personal process brings into our life and how it helps us actually find right relationship and a sense of belonging? And how do we do that in a way that is not profoundly cultish, uh, toxic, or dysfunctional? It is a big threshold for us to step through. So the healer says... That is time to step through the threshold of your unconscious consent to use your energy in ways that maintain patterns of exclusion and divisiveness. The healer says emotionally, mentally, in your actions, even in how you conceive of spirit. What are the ways that you unconsciously consent to use your energy in ways that maintain separation, and cultural entitlement. So if you're new to our solstice rituals, then you explore with spirit what you are unconscious about within yourself and making it conscious. And as you come to see that within yourself, you will need to ask death, what do I need to kill and release in my own habitual actions to stop my unconscious consent? So that's step one. Okay. So what do I need to kill and release in my own habitual actions to stop my unconscious consent? Now, of course, you need to explore and understand those habitual actions first and then ask the question. Now, for those of you that did last year's ritual, you did a bunch of this. So for those of you who have been at this for a while, then your exploration with the healer is what do I need to give birth to or rebirth to at this point? Uh, 
So in other words, what is yours to give life to? And most importantly, what keeps you from that birth or rebirth? That's your exploration. All of this in the context of these unconscious patterns of exclusion and divisiveness. And then work with death, those of you that have been at this for a while, right? To work with death to sort out based on those answers, how to get at the root of what keeps you from the actions needed to give birth to what is yours to do. And to get the root of that into the fire and release the limitations and inhibitions and fears and assumptions that keep you from giving birth to that which is yours to do. Okay. The warrior. Moving on around the wheel here, the warrior says, stop choking on your sword. He says, learn to speak in a way that cuts through the lies and fears of the old story. And perhaps, I mean, maybe this is being selfish, but perhaps this is nowhere is this more important right now than in the United States. But it's pretty important in a lot of places in the world right now. So stop choking on your sword. Learn to speak in a way that cuts through the lies and fears of the old story. So the warrior continues to say that your words are not meant to be used as swords to harm and to kill others or yourself. You need to be aware that you have been training your words to do harm by watching sitcoms and then the evolution into watching reality shows and then the evolution into engaging in social media and then now that's evolving at least here in the United States very clearly into face-to-face hate speech without apology. And this is becoming a frightening new norm here in the United States, although we are not the only country that experiences this hatred of people because of their who they want to have sex with and make love to hatred because of whether or not you carry a womb or a penis on your body. Are you a woman? Are you disparaged? Are you devalued in your culture or not? Are you more special because you present as a man? The way we treat the environment, all of these things show ways in our language that we harm each other with our words. Words are things. Words are the engagement of an air ritual. And the air itself is tired of carrying your hatred. It's tired of carrying our hatred. Tired of carrying my hatred. So the warrior says that only a child allows themselves to be shaped in this way, mindlessly and unconsciously stepping further and further away from sound patterns of the right use of power and responsibility through their words. The warrior says your words are meant to be a sword of discernment. For this to happen, we must each wake up and choose to create our own spiritual adulthood. We must also grow up and choose to create our own emotional maturity. So what you are all to explore here with the warrior is what you must do to move permanently out of socially accepted patterns of shame, blame, judgment, and divisiveness and step into a life that is motivated by the right use of power and responsibility for the consequences of your actions. 
if you were new to all of this, you probably wanted to just click to another podcast that has a happier message. Don't. I encourage you to hang in here with me, with others all around the world who are listening to this podcast and will use it to guide their winter solstice ritual. So if you're new to all of this, your question is ultimately to prepare your question ultimately from the warrior to prepare for the fire is why do I censor my true voice? Because for each one of us, our true voice resonates with the greater truths, which do not support hatred. Right? So why do I censor my true voice? And understand that. And then when you're ready, the next question would be, what must I release or transform to stop my own censorship? Okay. For those of you who are not new to all of this, the warrior's question for you is, what is needed for me to use the sword of my words to cut through current reality and open the way for a possible new future? Because y'all did a lot of this last year, right? And so this is really talking about really honing that sword of discernment and learning to use the sword of my words to cut through current reality and open the way for a possible new future. What is needed for you to do that? And then given your answer, what are you going to need to do at the fire to make that a reality? Okay, so for everyone, where words fail you, go to song, go to prayer, go to blessing, go to apology and reconciliation. There is always the practice of honoponopono. I might have left out a syllable there. But anyway, we have a show about that. The point that the warrior is making is where the words fail you and it's too much to understand the precise words for your sword of discernment, you can still add words that move the energy in the same way, that open that way for the possible new future. Blessings, prayer, song. Apology, reconciliation. So these are ways of using your words as the sort of discernment that they are meant to express. Okay. So the teacher, uh, which also embodies the trickster, by the way, in this cosmology, says this. The time is up. (laughs) You must use this fire and your sovereignty to create a true sense of home. You must use this fire and your leadership to create a clear strategy. You must use this fire and the teachings of your life to create right relationship with your true longing, the longing of your soul to express its unique genius. I have to admit, even I went, what? (laughs) I thought I was tracking with that answer, uh, that that, uh, guidance from the teacher. And the trickster explained... um, that for us as humans, our longing is always motivating our actions in the world. I went, oh, okay. 
that's that's clear. All right. So think about it. How many shows are there about sovereignty? How many shows about leadership? How many shows ultimately about receiving the teachings? Gajillions, right? Now, granted, you may not be able to find them because we don't quite have the search at the Why Shamanism Now site organized. And those of you that are listening through iTunes, you don't even necessarily know about the whyshamanismnow.com site. But anyway, the point the teacher is making, use what you've been learning. It's time. Time's up. Let's go. And so teacher's saying, you must use this fire and your sovereignty to create a true sense of home. Not the sovereignty that you need, the sovereignty you have right now and create the sense of home that can come from that, right? You must use this fire and your leadership to create a clear strategy. Not the leadership you wish you could do, the leadership you have right now. And what is the clear strategy from where you are into the possible future? And you must use this fire and the teachings of your life to create right relationship with your true longing. And as Trickster says, your longing is always motivating your actions in the world. Therefore, your relationship with your soul's longing defines what you create in the world. Where you hide your soul's longing, you have a shadow relationship with it. And you create dysfunction and addiction and collusion in your life. Where you are afraid of your soul's longing, you have an adversarial relationship with it. And you create dominant submissive Um, subordinate relationships with judgment and control, inner and outer, and collusion in your life. Where your soul's longing is felt and known, it guides you true. Where your soul's longing is felt and refused, often disease steps in to the space that creates in your life and takes up that life that you're refusing to live. Not always. I'm not saying that is always the cause of disease. I'm just repeating what the trickster said, which is where you are feeling your longing and refusing it, you are creating a gap in your life and that gap invites disease. It invites illness in because you are in essence holding up life force and not using it. So trickster further explained that how you live creates the home So your actions, literally how you live, creates the home for your soul's longing. From that grounded home in your body and in your life, the longing then guides you in creating the strategy for the actions that build your life going forward, that create the world that we want to live in, that create the strategy for what isn't yet for the future going forward. Okay. So whether you are new to this kind of I'm doing a solstice ritual from a podcast, so whether you're new to that or getting good at it, you're an old hand at that, you all have the same preparation questions from this teacher trickster energy. They are, what must I release to reveal my soul's longing to me? What must I live to be or how, sorry. How must I live to be a home for that longing? Not just any old home, but the home that truly protects and nourishes and provides for that longing. Okay. Number three, 
What steps do I need to take to manifest that home? And then obviously once you have those answers for yourself, then ultimately what must I release to clear away for the answers you need to flourish in your life? So how do you take, how, how, do, you, how do you create that relationship between the answers you got and what you need to release or let go of or purify in the fire so that you can make it real. Right? And so back to that vision again for Last Mass Community. We are an answer to the tears of our time. We are the power of true love in action, manifesting our gifts as medicine for humanity and the earth. I'm sharing these pieces of this vision with you. Not just because it moved me to hear it again, but because this ritual is about what world do you want to create? And these pieces of this vision are define the world that I'm actively involved in creating with my community of students. Because this is the world that I want to create. I want to create a world where we are the answer to the tears of our time where we are the power of true love and action, and we are manifesting our gifts as medicine for humanity and the earth. And this, for me, this is, this is a manifestation of how we move from everything being about our own personal process and healing and whether or not we get what we want in life and whether we're willing to be part of creating something larger than ourselves and from that finding our right relationship in that wholeness. Okay, so segueing on to the fourth and final teacher in preparation for a ritual, the visionary. And the visionary explained that this fire is to expose the aspects of your vision for your life that are built on your own unconscious internalization of fundamental divisiveness or separation. Okay, so here again, for those that are new and more experienced, we get the same guidance from the visionary with the understanding that you all will engage with it differently. You know, you'll, gauge, you'll engage with it at your depth and at your readiness. And that is as it should be. Don't strive. Uh, you know, preparing for ritual is not a place for spiritual arrogance. Striving for something somewhere that you are not yet. Okay. So the visionary suggests that you journey on what aspects um, of my vision for my life are built on unconscious internalization of fundamental divisiveness? You know, so you journey on that message from the visionary to find out you know, where, where are you harboring that unconscious sense of separation and not seeing it and just, uh, just assuming it. Assuming it is as it is as reality is it's very hard for us to see not only what's normal for us but what is um the assumptions that create that normal we're so used to it and so this the spirits are saying you have no more luxury for that you must dive deeply into that unconscious internalized behavior okay so the visionary is asking us to look at our assumptions around whiteness or coloredness and that whole kettle of fish, right? And our assumptions around forcing this kind of gender, gender identification definition. 
why, you know, how do you define precisely a river? Is it rapids? Is it a waterfall? Is it a slow-moving deep pool? Is it vast? Is it small? Right? Our own expression of our sexual self as adults is like a river. It is a vast range and it flows. And this need, this assumption that it should be this or that, one, doesn't even match the biology because there are naturally three physical, uh, physically embodied genders that come out of the womb. But more than that, from a shamanic perspective, gender, not just gender, but, but the gender and sexual desires are separated into different things. That there's an understanding that who I am and how I fit in my community is one thing. Who I want to have sex with and who I want to have sex with me is another thing. How I want to connect into relationship, be it monogamy or not monogamy or polyamory or whatever. All of these things are possibilities. And yet we make – we have such deeply internalized assumptions around this binary nature of gender and sex. And so parse that out for yourself. What are the assumptions that you're making and why? Why does it feel so desperately important to hang on to them, right? What assumptions are you making around the need for comfort versus long-term ecological sustainability for the earth? What choices do you need to make now that you're not making because you think your comfort matters, what choices are you not are you making that actually shorten the sustainability of the earth and its ability the, the earth's ability to sustain human life right so what are these assumptions that you're making like this there could be others these were just ex- possible examples the field is rich for you to explore your own unconscious assumptions that lead to divisiveness and how you have built your vision for the future on those assumptions as true. In other words, how are you unaware that you are still living and propagating the lie of separation, that we are separate from God, that we are separate from spirit, we are separate from each other, that we are separate from the physical world, however you want to define it. We are not separate, yet we live that lie in so many ways unconsciously. So the visionary is saying, time is up. Look now. Use your vision to see what you are not seeing. So then, obviously, you need to release whatever is at this false foundation um, that, and release whatever is necessary to open you um, to seeing in a new way. And I'm, I'm air quoting here, seeing the vision for your life begin to open uh, up in the months that follow, the weeks and months that directly follow the fire. Really being open and noticing how your sense of what could be changes, right? But the most important thing is to release what you need to into the fire to destroy these false foundations of assumptions that are still deeply rooted in that lie of separation and result in this foundation of divisiveness. So for those of you who did last year's um, 
solstice ritual, you are welcome to do similar work following the ritual around um, cultivating and focusing in on that new vision. For those of you that didn't do that last year, just do it to the best of your ability at this stage where you are at this time. It's very, very important in ritual work not to try to start where you have not yet begun. In this ritual, the helping spirits were all very clear that we are all meant to be doing this from precisely where we are. So I want to share this this last little piece from the vision. The vision is much longer than the pieces I've shared, but these are the ones that really struck me in, in their resonance with this guidance from spirit about how we approach our our work with the fire here at this solstice we see clearly that true love is the power that things must die so that a new world can live and that we will learn from dancing something bigger than ourselves we experience how our own personal gifts and vision truly blossom when in service of a shared vision much larger than any one person can imagine or receive. Again, this is a piece of the vision that guides the growth and manifestation of last mass community, that cosmology and those teachings. So I invite you all to um, listen again and again, write things down from this podcast and sort out your guidance for your ritual work this year. Do not email me and ask me to do that for you. I won't. We won't. (laughs) We're much too small um, an organization being myself and a part-time virtual assistant to do that work for you. It's part of you stepping up into your own adult uh, adultness in your life. For those of you that um, have not done a fire ritual before, let me share a few pointers, a few important pointers. Number one, The power of your ritual is in your preparation. The ritual itself is usually very focused and simple. Okay, so the power of your ritual is in this preparation. And so I encourage you to begin to do this now. Uh, What was described by the helping spirits in the beginning of this show. So the power is in that work, that growing understanding and your ability to get at the the foundation of why those various things exist in your life and to offer up that foundation to the fire. Okay, so what do I really mean by that? So what comes in then is the concept of power objects. So the power object for the fire should be something not larger than your head. (laughs) You can make more than one. Most important is that your power object is... um, the right size for your fire. So if you're doing this with a small candle in a hotel room, then you probably need to go online and order some flash paper for magicians so that you have something that can instantaneously burn to ash and not get you in trouble at the hotel you're checked into. On the other hand, if you're going to, if you have the opportunity to build a great big old fire, um, you can make power objects that are going to be consumed by that fire. So number one, Please use materials that are not toxic when they are burning. It is much more satisfying if you use materials that will be completely burned to ash. The important thing is that you use the actual creation of your power object 
you know, traditionally it is just a stick wrapped with yarn or thread or something. So it's about the meditation and the creativity that goes into creating the object that gets the energy that you're wanting to release out of you and into the object. I'm leaving that wide open because it is wide open. The most important thing is it can be burned, consumed in your fire, and that you focus, you you have some time to focus your answers from your preparation and your sense of the energies that need to go, that need to be released into that object through your focused efforts, perhaps praying on it, perhaps blessing it, um, perhaps the repetition of the story or the words while you're creating it, um, but also through the possibility of getting friends together and everybody doing the prep work and then coming together in a, cre- in a time for the creating of the power objects. And let that also be something you, you do as part of a larger vision manifesting. But either way, solo or with others, you create these objects that are going to carry your energies into the fire for you. And then uh, once you create your fire ritual. Basically, you begin by um, creating the physically creating the spaces, the space for the fire, cleansing that space, cleansing yourself. You've got your power objects ready, ready for the ritual. You call in the spirit help as you understand that in your life to the best of your ability. It can often be valuable to sing songs that seem to support the raising of your energy, the calling in of spirit, and the honoring of the fire. For those of you that don't know, there's beautiful chants, beautiful songs being shared on the internet. Just Google stuff and find them, learn them. It's gorgeous work that's out there. It's rich and available for you if you don't already have your own favorite go-to songs. But it is a beautiful way to come together if you're doing the ritual with others, a way to raise your energy, especially if you're doing it alone, and a way to connect in and use your voice as you're being asked to. When you get ready, you want to speak to the fire, clarify who you are and what you are doing, not in long run-on essays and prose, but clearly and succinctly, each phrase being like a sword stroke, being clear why you are there and what you are asking the fire to help you to do. Then do it. And then once the energies have been released into the fire, you can Prior, as you lit the fire and got it going, you could have offered offerings and songs at that time. But you can also offer it now as it's burning the power object or objects. You can make all – each energy can be its own object or they can all be conglomerated into one object. The fire doesn't care. It's really up to you. So as the fire consumes the objects and the energies, you need to let it go. You can rattle, you can drum, you can sing. And when you're done, give gratitude to the fire for what it has done. Give it offerings, give it more songs. Thank the helping spirits that you've called in. Thank your space. Thank the fire again and bow out. If you are doing this with others, I strongly encourage you to celebrate together. Have a potluck, have a feast. Celebrate with each other. And it is a very good time for you all to toast those aspects of the vision you've been working on this year that have come into manifestation, the unhealthy things you have stopped doing. It's a good time to celebrate the work of your past year together. 
And so that's the essence of working with a power object and doing a fire ritual. And I invite you all to remember as you are doing the ritual that people all over the world in the days just before, during, and after the solstice, all over the world to really see that web, that, that golden web of light, of this fire's energy moving into people's lives through ritual all around the world as you all focus on doing the same ritual at basically the same time. And let yourself know that you are part of a larger community. Some people you may never know, people I never know, but that we are all standing together to step through this threshold and to become ever more conscious and creative and cunning in creating this world we truly want to give to our grandchildren that we would be honored to hand on and that we would know we have done all we possibly could to make that vision a reality. So I want to give thanks to the healer and the warrior, to the teacher and to the visionary for their assistance in helping us to prepare for the fire. Deep gratitude to the fire itself for its transformational power and gratitude to the earth and the air and the water as those elements work together in this great conspiracy of transformation to help us all do powerful ritual work as this solstice arrives in the next few weeks. So I give gratitude to the ancestors that have held us here today, to the earth below, the sky above, and to the heart that unites us all. So in 2019, we will have multiple online courses offered. But my question to you is this. Faced with this solstice before us and what we are asking by spirit to do, here is my question to you. Is this the year that you step up to the banquet table? Are the crumbs not quite enough? Is this the year that you step up to the banquet table? Is this the year that you join us and commit to truly learning and embodying the cycle teachings in their fullness and power and become part of the community that is manifesting the vision that I shared with you today? Registration is open for Master of Illusion and the Authentic Self. It is step one in the cycle of transformation. There are some prerequisites if you don't have them reach out to register anyway, and we are working on a way for you to gain them prior to the retreat beginning June 2nd through 7th, 2019 in Oracle, Arizona. So this, I leave you with that question. Is this the year that you step up to the banquet table and join us in the cycle of transformation teachings? For more information, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week.